You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Sheila Murphy is a career coach and business development consultant and is pursuing her passion for helping others reach their full potential. Sheila is CEO and president of Focus Forward Consulting and Chief Learning and Talent Officer of Women, LLC. Sheila is a frequent speaker on litigation and regulatory issues, talent and business development, leadership, and diversity. In 2018, Sheila retired as Senior Vice President and Associate General Counsel at MetLife. Prior to joining MetLife, Sheila was at the law firm of Thatcher, Profit & Wood. I've got with me on the show today, Sheila Murphy, and today we're going to talk about lawyers as managers and leaders. Sheila, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So let's kind of get our working definitions for the listener. They know that you've been there, done that in terms of expertise in law, both as a practitioner and as a leader. So what's the difference from your perspective between an individual contributor a manager and a leader. How would you define those before we get started uh, in our conversation today? The individual contributor is how most lawyers start, which is you come in, you do an assignment, you complete the assignment, and that's sort of it. You're responsible for legal work product. Mm -hmm. A manager is someone who is managing people or a project and is responsible for making sure that all the components get finished, and that you have an overall completed work document, that mm-hmm. person is also responsible, in my opinion, for the growth of the individuals who are working with them, whether or not they okay. have a direct reporting relationship or not. And then a leader is someone who has a vision of what can be and inspires others and organizations to greatness. Well, I like that. I think everybody wants to have that person on the team. So would it be a fair, a fair assumption to say that everybody, both the contributors and the managers, should be leaders in some way? Yes. And a lot of times people think the leaders are the people with the most senior titles. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Leaders mm-hmm. can be in any level of an organization. And it's like almost you know it when you see it. They're, they have right. that spark. They have that extra idea. They have the reason why you're going to do something different. That's interesting. What's your most surprising result that you've seen in studying leadership and having been in the world of work and seeing it at all different levels? What's the thing that surprised you the most in organizations about leadership within the legal world? A lot of times lawyers believe leaders speak loudly and they're the ones who suck the air out of the room. And that's not the case. The best leaders are those who listen and learn from their teams and other people that they're working for and can apply that in such ways that motivate people to do things they didn't think was possible. So that, Unless they're in politics, right? Where the yeah. loudest person usually wins, right? Right. It's that type of thing you're trying to avoid. And right. in fact, those people aren't leaders because often people don't want to follow them because they don't think they've been heard. They don't feel like they're being brought on the idea about with the idea. They're being told what to do. 
And right. you're also losing the greatness of your team, the diversity of thought when you operate that way. Well, I like what you said, that they're good listeners. So let's kind of go down that path a little bit because I'm, I'm sensing some opportunity for learning here. Let's just say the typical listener is a partner within a firm of various sizes, small, medium, large, male or female. And they've got a small cadre of associates that they work with, but they've also got maybe dozens or even hundreds of other partners that they're working with and having to get them to give help on projects that they work on. How do you think their listening skills, some of the other attributes that you mentioned, how do you think they can develop those? What are some action steps a partner could take to develop those attributes that you mentioned? There are a couple of things. One is now and then understanding that you're talking too much and just taking yourself back down. So just forcing yourself to listen. And this is something I've had to work on because I'm one of those people who likes to jump in. And I really almost rein myself in to listen to the other side and the other person and ask questions so that you're learning about what is motivating those other individuals so that you can best influence them And often it's not by telling someone something. It's by asking questions like, that's an interesting perspective. Have you thought about how this impacts it? And all of a sudden, the person's having a conversation with you about how to influence change. And it's not two people like um, with their hands against each other, pushing back and forth. The other thing I'd like to do, and this is only if you have someone who is a very trusted ally who may be in some of those conversations, is I will tell someone in a room, that I am working on something in terms of my leadership style. And I want them to come back and critique me afterwards. Did I succeed in what I was trying to do? Did I do okay? Where could I have done better? And then I get that information real time. And the third thing I do is, whether it is myself who is monitoring me or someone else, is I go back and I write out how I would have done it. And that act of actually handwriting, not on a computer for me, helps Mm -hmm. me rethink, embed the conversation in my mind so that the next time I'm in a similar situation, I can draw on it. That's a great tip. So you're able to, and I really believe in handwriting. I write in a journal by hand, not by uh, typing. And And I agree with you. I think that it seems to sink in more deeply when you're physically writing that. I like that idea. So let me, let me kind of take what you mentioned and kind of synthesize that you're telling people that you say, I'm looking to develop this leadership skill or attribute, and I wanted to ask for feedback. Is that what you mentioned? Is that, did I understand you correctly on that? Right. And you may not ask everybody. It may, you know, someone you trust. Right, right. Somebody that you can be vulnerable with because you are vulnerable when you tell them that. Oh, yes. It's a can of worms. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And so uh, that's great. And then you'll go back after you get that feedback, after you analyze how you did with that event uh, what would be some things that you've written in your journal? What would be some recommendations to people that they would write in their journal about this? Using a carrot. Like I would realize that some of the language I used was more using a stick than a carrot. Mm. And I would go back and think about how I could reframe that as a carrot to show the benefit to both sides. I might have been too directive in my conversation and not eliciting information. And I would go back and you know, rethink what questions I would have asked or should have asked that might have yielded a different wow. result in the meeting. That's great. And you'll actually write those questions down, right? Right. And then I'll write down how I would rephrase it. Yeah. 
the whole thing. That's a great idea. And like I said, it just, it gets it in your mind. And the more you do this, it's like a muscle. It gets better and better. Mm-hmm. And it's easier. I mean, but every now and then you'll have a slip because some of the stuff is your, you know, you haven't, people have a natural personality as to how they approach meetings. So you're trying to mold that a little bit. So now and then you go back to that natural state and the idea is just take the time and rework it again in your head or on that piece of Mm. paper. That's a great idea, Sheila. So what type of leadership models do you think work best? And, And first, what are the different leadership models that you've seen from your work as a consultant and advisor in this area? Well, I think there's a lot of different leadership models. And in terms of there is the authoritarian, authoritarian, the consultative model. And what I would say is while there are a lot of different leadership models and some of them work in different situations. So now and then when I said before I was too directive in that conversation, there are places where being directive is the absolutely the right approach. Right. You just need to know when those situations are and not use it all the time. The same thing can be said for being a consultative person, which is trying to get consensus among everyone to move forward. I have seen certain leaders who are so wed to that style that nothing moves forward. Right. And now and then you have to make, you know, be out there and make the decision. So it's really looking for what works in the moment. Some people believe a lot in servant leadership, that they are there to serve the people who they're working with. And I believe a lot in that model also, in that I believe that as both a manager and a leader, I am there to develop the team as to be the best that they can be. Now, sometimes that means that they may not be in the right place for them, and I may have to guide them to a better place. And sometimes that means you may even have to be a little bit further out there and beyond guide them, let them go. But it's understanding that it's when you're a leader, it's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's about the team and the organization and what are best for those entities. That's absolutely right. Where do you think most lawyers go wrong? What are the pitfalls they should avoid in some of these areas that you're discussing? Well, a couple of things I would say with lawyers. One, for a lot of us, the economic incentives are misaligned with being a great manager or a great leader, especially I would say in the law firm environment where you're often, you know, you're rewarded for the business that you bring in or the hours that you build. You're not rewarded for building great teams or diverse teams or inspiring people. It's just sort of not the model that we have. And then on top of that, I don't think that law firms necessarily invest in the training to help people learn how to give feedback, learn how to individualize development plans, be cognizant that people develop in different ways and how to tap into their strengths as well as address opportunities. So those are places where I think a lot of lawyers fail, not because they don't have the ability is that no one's taught them the skills. You went to law school for three years. You come in, you're associate for many years, and you're learning the skills to be a great lawyer. We don't always invest that same time in teaching lawyers how to be great managers and great leaders. And it's not always a natural skill set. That's right. It's like the world, in today's world, being a good lawyer, that's the minimum. 
that's what is expected when you have when you're a good attorney and you've got good leadership skills and let's say you've also got good client development skills and that is very closely aligned to leadership skills because you're leading clients for it. those are the people that I think do well and I've met with probably over 60 different law firms in their offices meeting with their leaders over the years and one question I hate to ask and I've mentioned this on previous podcasts because I, I cringe at the answer I get most of the time I say what are you, what are you doing to develop the leadership skills of your attorneys and your staff. And I don't hear many good answers. If I was the head of a firm, I would definitely implement some sort of structured leadership development program because that's what's going to get people to work on those skills that bring them together. So what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I I am so on board with that, especially as the legal business environment is changing so much and so rapidly. You need people who are not just good lawyers but have good strategic business leadership skills that can help the firms innovate, develop, and engage this new generation of lawyers who aren't necessarily incentivized by the same things that past generations are. And so you need people who are open to these ideas and then can help lead the firm through this change management that may be necessary. And change management is a whole other skill on uh, leadership skill. You know, messaging, communications, being open, transparent, talking about where you're going and how you're going to get there and that there may be some pain along the way, but the benefits, all of those things you need leaders to do. People who just focus on their, you know, briefs or the transaction are not going to be able to bring a firm to the, you know, to the next century or the next generation. Let me ask you this. Do you think, especially within a law firm environment, because the focus is singularly set on profits per partner, that is the benchmark that exists to measure one firm against another. Do you think that could be a problem in taking the eye off the ball from a chairman of a firm to developing the leadership skills and the people skills of their team? Do you think that could be a a contributing factor? I think... It can be a contributing factor anywhere whenever you have a leadership that's focused purely on a single metric. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a huge cost to not engaging your workforce in terms of turnover, hiring. And I don't think people appreciate that. I also think in a lot of the law firm models, because it's, you know, you eat what you kill. Right. The partners underneath it aren't incentivized to do the good work. So it's how do you change that whole, that cultural environment? When I was in-house, a lot of my compensation and my bonus were based on my managerial and leadership skills. How I did with my team, what was my team engaged? Was my team getting to the next level? And I mean, a huge percentage that if, when I tell people in the law firms what those percentages were, depending on the GC, you know, it varied. They're like, really? That was that much of how much you were compensated under some of them? And I was like, yes. Right. So I do think so, that the lawyers, the law firms have, have to think about the model, but the problem is, you know, they, they're all afraid that then the rainmakers may jump to another ship. And so it, right. it's, it's a difficult issue to, for them to evolve on. So how do you think, or what changes would you recommend for those that are in leadership roles? I mean, really, really authority roles is what I meant. What action steps would you recommend that they take to improve the leadership skills of their team? I think there should be mandatory management and leadership training 
you know, and I don't think you wait till someone's partner. I think a lot of what law firms do is they have um, a lot of focus on just legal lawyering skills until you're a non-equity or equity partner, depending on your structure. And then all of a sudden you're expected to do business development, manage people, leadership. I would start early with basic management training as people are starting to manage others. I had a number of people leave law firms and come into um, the in-house environment where they weren't really managing other lawyers, but they were managing paralegals. And it was shocking to me that they didn't know how to manage or give feedback to these individuals in real time. They said, if I didn't like someone's work product, I just stopped using them. We didn't have to use them. It wasn't my problem to give people direct feedback or help them, you know, develop their skills. And so I would say it starts with some basic management training and then Mm -hmm. you get into the leadership. There are a lot of great executive um, programs out there too. You know, for those who are going to go into really senior management at a law firm, whether it's Harvard or Smith, they do great work. Getting a coach, someone who's been there to work on leadership with people. There are just so many different ways of doing this, but it's also explaining to people in the firm that there is a value to this and that you need to show up for the training and you need to take it seriously. And again, that gets into some of the incentives we talk about, which now and then are lacking at law firms. But if you're ever going in-house, becoming a general counsel, you need to have these skills. And if you look at, you would know this, job descriptions for GCs, for deputy GCs, they're not all about the legal skills. And that's not what companies are looking for. That's an interesting observation. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing the less less lawyering in some ways you do in the company. So let's say there's a partner within a firm and he or she is with the firm where the culture is okay, but there's just not a lot of development and leadership skills. So they're going to have to get that on their own. What recommendations would you give to that person that's listening to this show right now? There are some fabulous books on leadership, depending on where you are in the spectrum. Books, podcasts. Like I said, Harvard takes individuals. If you want to go into a leadership program and think about strategic thinking, I would also look for mentors. Whether you know someone who does it well at another organization, maybe you have a friend who went in-house and is inspiring people. If you don't want to you know, invest in a coach and just start to listen. A lot of times if you go to conferences and hear general counsel speak, they're speaking about the leadership skills. And then, like I said, find allies. Tell people what you're trying to do. The other thing I would recommend if you you can do this is have a 360 done and find out what people think about you and your leadership skills and what are your where are you strong because people now and then don't focus on their strengths and what are your opportunities and then come up with your own development plan. And figure out what you're going to do, whether it's hiring a coach, getting allies, watching others, you know, figure out what your plan is going to be to get yourself to that next level. And then I think in the legal industry, I would also recommend today reading a lot about the things that are coming down the pike in terms of technology, AI, to be honest, the accounting firms, you know, what, what is that going to look like if Big Four actually gets to inch its way into legal? And what is right. the impact on that? Right, right. A lot of changes coming down the pike that people need to be aware of and be prepared for. 
so what position your firm to take advantage of some of those changes it's not even just defensive it's you know can you get ahead of the curve to have a competitive advantage so tell me about your offerings then and we'll put your website and all of your information on the show notes but tell me about the the things that you do with organizations when it comes to developing leadership skills i work with organizations individually to figure out where where they are on the spectrum and what type of offerings they need it can be a simple it can be simple seminars on management leadership and what we do depending on how much time an organization has me in for is we work through some real scenarios and how you would deal with it which can be Showing leadership, like within a law firm, for example, you may have a scenario of having to wrangle your partners over some strategic initiatives that the law firm may need to take or how to inspire them to the right action. It may be how you deal with a client that may be acting inappropriate and how do you handle it. And we go, you know, we have different scenarios with different personalities, different leadership types, different relationships. And we, do a lot of how people think they should go forward with that so that the learnings become real. And in the management type of things, we practice giving feedback. How do you give feedback? How do you receive feedback? Because if you're having a feedback as becoming part of an organization, it's got to go both ways. uh, And you have to be open to hearing it. So we do a lot of those types of things. And we, when we have a lot of time, we do a lot. What are the strategic things your law firm should be thinking about? And how do you bring them up? And then you sort of harness the energy and the ideas in the room. Once you sort of free them, that it's okay to sort of question the status quo and what is the vision we want. Uh, you know, we also do some work on visions and missions if that's what, you know, a law firm or in some areas, it's just a department you work with, but it may be a smaller group. And then I work with individuals who want to get to that next level. And sometimes with lawyers, a lot of the time I spend with individuals is actually getting away from the mindset that they're just a lawyer and Mm. harnessing really the fact that they are leaders. And this is both in corporations as well as law firms. They still see themselves as individual contributors and they don't see themselves as strategic business leaders in an organization. That's great. So you get them to kind of come full circle into that role in terms of their self-concept. Right. And it's a lot of talking about what you've already done. People have done a lot of these things. They just don't realize it. And they're hesitant to speak out because, you know, as lawyers, like I said, we get so much training before we can talk, you know, as an associate, you know, you you don't do anything for years. A lot of times at some of the large firms doing this. And so it's honed in their heads that they have to have this sort of deep knowledge before they can sort of inspire others but they don't realize they've been doing a lot of strategic thinking in their briefs, how they approach a transaction. So it's sort of just moving that same sort of thinking into a different arena where you're going to connect different dots. Well, this is great, Sheila. I think you've got some very good ideas that people listening to the show can implement, and I know it's going to help them. I certainly hope that you get calls from people that are listening to this. And thank you again for being on the show and sharing your expertise. And I'm sure we'll have you back on here again to talk about some other topics in the future. Would love to be here. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sheila. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. 
For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.